John's texting me and I think the it like started off like warbly. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. No. Junie. <gasps> oh no. We're all all over the place. Oh well at least I know he's feeling better. He's chasing oh. Mushu across the apartment. Yeah, you said he was barfy earlier? He was extra barfy. Yeah, I found like Oh yeah, he's he's feeling fine. Um, <laughs> I found like five piles of vomit in the past twenty four hours, and I was like, "This is either both cats, which is like a little concerning, or it's one cat, which is like extra concerning." But yeah. I didn't, I didn't catch any of them, so I didn't know. Like one of them happened while I was at work, and then like four of them happened overnight, and so I didn't. Man. Yeah, I didn't know which one it was, but then when I fed them this morning, Chuni just, like, barely kind of, like, licked around his plate and then, like, spewed some, like, weird, like, gooey spit. <laughs> Here's the thing. I don't like any of those words you just used. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was really gross. It was actually one of those things where he wasn't, like, really throwing up. It was just kind of, like, foam, but then it got, like, stuck, and so it was just kind of, like dangling there from his mouth and then he like flicked his head and it like went everywhere and I was oh like this God. is the grossest thing I've ever had to deal with in my life yeah why is like every word you're using <laughs> so graphic <laughs> but yeah anyway so basically what you're saying is we're starting 2019 on the right the real right paw <laughs> yeah so I was like panicked all today because I don't have a vet here in Baltimore yet oh no so I was like, oh no, like, I I think he's feeling, because it's not like he wasn't eating and he was drinking fine. Yeah. Um. So I was like, well, I guess I'm like, I'm not, not concerned, but <laughs> I, I'm not like totally concerned because he is still eating and drinking. He's just like barfing it all back up. Wait, do you know that that's the exact same phrase <laughs> that my vet used? You just have that good memory. Okay. Just yeah. checking. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm being triggered right now. <laughs> yeah. So Literally anyway. also about barfing. Sorry, <laughs> <that out>. so... <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that was my morning, but he like cuddled up on the couch with me all day long and slept it off and I think is is fine now. He seems fine now. He ate dinner and did not barf it up. Oh, well, that's good. And, well, he hasn't barfed it up yet. It's so crazy. Like, John and I talked about this a lot when Franklin was throwing up. I don't, I actually, oh, man, I meant to ask our cat sitter if he did while we were gone. I think she would have mentioned it. I don't think he did. But we were talking about it. It's like, it's so funny when, when something like that, not, I don't mean funny. I mean, like, you know, interesting the way that, like, my brain at least chooses to process it because Mm -hmm. I look at it on the surface and I'm like, you eat the same thing every single goddamn day. Like, what is different now? Why do you feel that? Like, why is this happening? But yeah. it also, like, makes sense because, like, 
I could eat the same thing every day and have a stomach ache just randomly throughout the month. Or, you know, it's like, why wouldn't I just assume that they're more like me and less like a robot? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's true. And the the one thing that was like keeping me from being like, oh, my God, he's dying was that I did just switch his food. Oh, gotcha. So it could just be a little bit of a... So it could be, yeah. I think it, it might have just been, like, maybe his stomach was a little warbly anyway from, like, the travel that we just did oh, driving back funny. to Baltimore. And maybe he was kind of, like, still a little stressed from from that transition. And then I immediately switched his food like an asshole. Oh. <laughs> um, but then, of course, I, like went online and was looking it up and was like oh my god there's something like lodged in his esophagus and oh god I was just saying that like web web MD is just as scary when it's vet MD when you're trying to self-diagnose your cat yeah. it's like no less terrifying no no wait hang on he's... oh my gosh was that a cat bark that was I think he's what is that sound is that a hair oh my god, he sounds like golem i know See, that was the other thing is like even his cry has been like sounding a little funny to me oh no recently. buddy oh no i really caught you in the middle of a cat crisis <laughs> and Aww. yeah can you like i'm sorry you're feeling bad but like those are my christmas presents get off of those <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, meanwhile Franklin's over here. I'm having a very first world problem. Franklin just like really meticulously knocked over our switch and is pulling all of the DVDs out from under <laughs> our TV. Well, you're um talking about maybe his stomach was being a little sensitive while you guys were driving is a perfect segue into The Cat Who Moved a Mountain part 1. Oh yeah. Because there is well, it starts a couple of different places, but one of the places that it really, we get the little sad snap snapshot of uh, poor Yum Yum got car sick in the car. I don't think she barfed, but I think he was saying that like she was about to um, because Quillerin and Coco and Yum Yum are back in 2019 and we are covering the cat who moved a mountain and they are indeed driving up a mountain when we first see them again. Big potato mountain. Big Potato Mountain, not to be confused with Little Potato Mountain, which is right next door. Also not to be confused with Baked Potato Mountain, because I know that's what it sounds like we said, but we said big. (laughs) We did say big. There's Big and Little Potato Mountain, Uh, possibly Baked Potato Mountain somewhere, but we just don't know. They do actually, we do get that uh, the information that some of the locals of the Potato Mountains call uh some of the locals more local people live in on little potato mountain and they do call it little tater which i love yes it's great it's very great (laughs) (laughs) um so we actually so this book is funny I, i realized that this one doesn't it like breaks the mold a little bit in that we don't immediately get like an instigating thing and we don't immediately get like um uh, like a murder or a crime of any kind and actually you picked the perfect place to stop because we get that cliffhanger spoiler alert uh, yeah. right at the fourth that we stopped on yeah it's true but it took a whole fourth of the book to get there I know and you know what we do get in the meantime which is so funny that like I kept saying oh we're gonna do it It like you know we both were saying like we're gonna do it in fourths and I was like I'm so excited because we get to gossip about more shit <laughs> and this gives us so much to fucking gossip about because because it's this, all new 
it's all new and it's all so ridiculous like even Quillerum's like doing the most ridiculous shit I just like I should have written it all down and just been like here's the slam book of the first fourth of the cat who moved a mountain because everything is so ridiculous everything is pretty absurd so I guess if we're diving into it we start so we also get a new format ish well a little bit of a new format I guess she's done the like intro and then back us up before with the infamous Quillerin is dead in a car crash slash no he's not we go back um but we get a little bit of that again because oh my god Murphy stop it Murphy's like weirdly doing all of the things that Franklin usually does like all the bad cat things that Franklin like pulls at the Christmas lights and like you know pulls out the DVDs and I think I don't know what it is I think they're all just like switching like little bad cat traits oh no but yeah so we do get a little bit of like a back track um in this when uh when we first start out we get like a page and a half of Quillerin driving and he is hopelessly lost with the cats in the back seat and it seems dire because his gas tank is getting low and the cats are yowling in the back and um he's twisting and turning on mountain roads that he just can't make heads or tails tails he is basically very lost yeah. um, and so he is very frustrated and uh, then I don't think there's anything else in that snapshot really it's no, just, it's right? just it's... it cuts right back to Moose County yeah it's like two weeks earlier and you're like whoa all right bye-bye yeah um, but it's also funny because that wasn't super intriguing to like I like I wouldn't have like the quiller in potentially dying that was very intriguing and i yeah. was very you know i think this part would have been a little bit more intriguing were we not living in the time of like smartphones and internet and you know having maps at our disposal and like anything we would need in that situation i mean you kind yeah. of have to remember that he has like nothing in his car he has like no map like he was driving through a mountain road where he like couldn't see like houses and like didn't see people for like forever I bet if he got stuck he'd be like in a pretty shitty situation yeah but haven't you I mean John and I actually when we were in Santa, Santa no Santa, Santa Cruz there were a couple of places in Santa Cruz that were like the service was really bad and almost made it scarier for us because we were like we literally no longer know how to get ourselves anywhere much less be like this is north or south or like anywhere um, and the service was just so bad we were like up in the mountains being like well I guess not really the mountains but we were kind of you know back uh, under a mountain um, and uh yeah, it was a little bit scarier for that fact, you know, and like Quillerin yeah. definitely could have been more like planning wise. Like he kind of just shows up and it's kind of like been just like rely on everyone else for directions and then blame them when he can't find his way. <laughs> I mean, wouldn't you? I mean, it's true. I would. <laughs> um, well, yeah, but I mean, I think what kind of gets him there in the first place is a pretty monumentous occasion that's true that's true once we backtrack a little bit and hear his uh i guess anniversary would you call it his end of of an era time frame yeah quiller requirements yeah yeah (laughs) his uh era requirement quiller is no longer an heir to the klingon fund but we have 
come upon him at his five-year, yeah, I guess you would say anniversary of um, the required amount of time of living in Moose County um, that he needed to before he could legally inherit the actual inheritance, which he now has fully done. And so, um, which I also, as soon as they said that, I was like, but didn't he move down down below to live in the high rise, the Casablanca? But I guess that's neither here nor there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think that was like meant to be a vacation for business because he was still as like the representative of the Klingen 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 Oh yes. Try it. Try one more. Klingen Yes. I think okay. I think so. I mean, I'm literally just guessing and saying it confidently, <laughs> so I could be wrong too. <laughs> yes. So, as a representative of them and that fund, he was going to like see if the Casablanca was worth investing in. That's a good point. Yeah, that's a really good point that he was doing it on their behalf, even though the idea came from him. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so we do get. So I guess it doesn't. It kind of starts when it backtracks. It starts by saying that of like back in Moose County, Quillerin has, you know, come to this milestone. And then um, I think the first like real locating we get is that there's a party happening. I think at one of the local, um, the local haunts. Oh no, it's the new pickaxe. Cause we get the description again, that in new in quotes, meaning the new pickaxe is not very new, but that it, uh, you know, it just has the the old timey character of you know it was new at one point and we're still calling it that yep um that there's kind of a little bit of a soiree where people are uh you know celebrating Quillerin becoming now officially a billionaire (laughs) (laughs) yeah which I kind of don't don't get because like didn't he give all of that money away already you know it's funny the way that Lillian Jackson Braun writes it I think I think she's split between trying to make Quillerin sound very generous, but also making it so that he still has a bunch of money. (laughs) So I think it keeps saying things like he's given it all away, but I think that actually means that he has just given it to the Clay Inchcone fund so that he doesn't have to deal with it, which that in and of itself is not. But he still uses it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So yeah, so he has an he is no longer an heir. He has, inherited um the billions of the clean Cone fund and he has decided he's telling everyone at this uh soiree he's decided that he is he needs some time to himself he's lived for five years in moose county and he just really needs to do some soul searching now yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i think he uh he didn't really like know exactly what he was going to do. You kind of get, you know, the conversations between him and everyone there at the party being like, Oh, what are you going to do now? And he's like, I have so many options. I could do this. I could do Mm -hmm. that. I could maybe end up here. And um, then you get Polly, of course, who is his for now lady friend. I know somewhat strained, potentially. (laughs) somewhat strange which like is funny because I think this is part part of the gossip but like they seem to have a like I mean I know we we talked about their relationship a lot but it seemed to be like pretty stable and like moving forward but then in this book when he leaves he's like oh yeah Polly like let's talk about like my previous love affairs and like like our relationship has been so strained ever since that like Bootsy of hers came into the picture and I'm like are you still mad about this cat (laughs) 
Right. It's been at least three books for us. And it's been like, I don't even know how many years, like so many years, Quillerin. Yeah, it, it's been at least like one to two years, I would think. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, I think I feel like these books follow maybe a pattern of like seasons ish. Like, I feel yeah, like maybe there I... is kind of like a time difference, but it's usually the amount of time I would guess like between a season or so, because I don't know that we ever go from like the cat who talked to ghosts is in the fall and like I don't know that it's ever the next book is like the fall again yeah but I feel like we haven't read that many books since he moved to Moose County so it's probably like a year-ish a book yeah that's probably true actually yeah that's a good point because it is hitting the five-year mark now Mm -hmm. yeah it's a good point but yeah, I remember that part was a little bit funny to me too, where, yeah, I mean, we had talked about it from like, right, a, definitely a more modern standpoint of like, oh God, like we wouldn't want to be in a relationship like this, but <laughs> also like, like trying not to like put a ton of judgment onto it for the time, um, because Polly is, you know, for all intents and purposes, a very independent woman. And, you know, we don't, I definitely don't know what it's like to live as a woman in that time frame. So, um, yeah, there definitely is that, but I know, yeah, we, we've definitely talked about it a lot, but also, um, yeah, it's all of a sudden then that Quillerin is saying, like, oh, it's been so strange since Bootsy, and it's like, has it? You just hated cat sitting one time. <laughs> yeah, and also, like, why are you letting a cat ruin your relationships? Right! Like, that seems like a pretty silly reason. Then again, he is the king of determining relationships by cats, as that's, we've seen before yeah that <laughs> that is very true who was it rosemary that didn't make the cut of coco's standards yeah and then by his standards though by this same uh process of like right yeah rosemary didn't get along with the cat so out she goes but by that standard then literally only lori bamba is available and she's not available she is married <laughs> and has a child <laughs> and pets of her own <laughs> yeah true true um oh man yeah it's already so gossipy there's already like so many things we could like pull out because I, I feel like we haven't even gotten like linearly through the party part no. yet. <laughs> no, we haven't yeah so back back to the party yeah I mean they, everyone's kind of like joking around with him where he's gonna end up and someone's like oh married and he's like absolutely not yeah so still not on board with marriage which is fine no one has to be but like did you run that by Polly right make sure your partner's involved in that decision before you like (laughs) yell about it in front of a lot of people yeah but yeah I think she I think she suggested a few places too maybe like kind of trying to throw off the like awkwardness of the fact that he's planning on leaving now that he's through his five years right without consulting her Well, yeah, because she smartly is like, and actually what I had been thinking, because the whole reason that he ends up, so the whole, you know, conceit of it is that he is kind of soul searching, wants to decide, well, like wants to kind of look inward and decide what he wants to do um, moving forward for the next 10, 20 years. Mm -hmm. Um, If he wants to go somewhere else, if he wants to stay in Moose County, he wants to be like definitive about it, which is great and fine. I also, so he's like looking for a solid, like a place to go to seclude himself and be away from Moose County for a little bit. And I was like, and write at least one of the like seven books that I've heard you mention that you want to write and you haven't. (laughs) And I think Polly's the one that says that of like, oh, you could go away and write something. And I was like, yeah, because you've literally been saying that 
the entire time we've known you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, we'll see. Yeah, so far it doesn't. It doesn't look like that's what's gonna happen. No, it truly does not. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I can't can't remember who it was who mentioned Spudsville. Is that the name of the town? Spudsboro, I think. Spudsboro, and it's um. It's Carmichael. It's the guy, the newspaper editor from, uh, was it the last book? We've done so much since. Uh, The Cat Who... Said cheese? Ate cheese. Was cheese? No cardinal. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, have we even done that one yet? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Yes, knew a cardinal because it's the guy from... um, Oh no! Why is my brain so broken? From the next town over. Oh, from the steeplechase town. Yeah. Oh. Oh God! It's all—all all of that plot is rushing back, but none of the names are because I know. Dumb, terrible. Names. It's okay. Let's like you—you are terrible with things. <laughs> it's okay. We've had all the holiday break and all the the distractions of like delicious food and you know wine. An early edition. An early edition. That's true. That takes a lot of brain power. I'm just gonna give it to us that it's fine that we forgot. But... <laughs> Not great. Also, I said the cat who said cheese because it's on my bookshelf right now and i forgot that we didn't read it <laughs> yeah i think it's like the net one of the next couple which I'm really i think it is too but yeah but yeah, i mean it's, still good it's one. one of the ones that i got for free from that bookstore oh nice i mean i love that you're basically playing an i spy with our conversation <laughs> <laughs> i'm playing an i spy with all of the cat who books that are in my house right now <laughs> i know okay. it's not the one with the mountain <laughs> Because that's the one so you have in either front of cheese or cardinal. <laughs> fair, fair. Um, but no, it's the um, the newspaper guy front that we met in that last book, um, the cat who knew a cardinal, mm-hmm. who uh, whose grandmother dies, and Quillerin is in the house with the cats, and oh right, 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 finds yeah. the yeah the grandmother. So it's R. him, R. I think. Yeah, R.I.P. She was great. Um, but yeah, so it's yeah, it's him that set, that brings it up. Quillerin's like, I want to get away, and he's like, Have you thought of going to the potatoes? And Quillerin's like, Tell me more. I love potatoes, <laughs> which is what I would have said, but yeah, not exactly. What said. Um, and then he goes on this whole tangent about. Um, actually, I guess it's not a tangent because it's literally what this whole book is about. I take that back. Um, <laughs> he goes on this whole like uh, you know sort of big diatribe about um, how great. Spudsboro is and how much he loves the potato mountains and um just that it was a great place for his family to get away and that they were thinking about like buying land up there blah 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 so he like really sells it hard to Quillerin and Quillerin's like all right I'm in yeah um and so we get all of these funny so after that we get all of these funny like just Quill very Quillerin and Lillian Jackson Braun ish um scenes of like you know the um, Carmichael um, the editor guy like puts him in touch with a real estate agent and then we get some like kind of nondescript like Quillerin receiving a lot of mail from real estate from like different places in Spudsboro being like come visit our like (laughs) our rental property here perfect place for you yeah but it only really moves forward when Quillerin starts talking on the phone with um, oh shoot I forget her name Less more. Uh huh. <laughs> you are so terrible with names. <laughs> Betty. Dolly. 
damn it. (laughs) (laughs) That was a really well-timed. I opened the book and I was like, find it, find it. My brain was like, you're not going to find it, but I found it. So nice. Basically, I'm just a a prophet of opening books and finding the right thing. I mean, I was pretty close. It's a two-syllable name with a Y at the end. Yeah, but the difference between a Betty and a Dolly feels very vast to me. Does it? Yeah, I think so. I think of Dolly Parton when I think of a Dolly, but for a Betty, I think of like maybe like a little bit less sassy, but like a little bit more housewife, 50s-ish. That's true. I guess I forgot about Dolly Parton. How? How could you? I don't know. Um, so Dolly Lesmore is the real estate agent in um, Spudsboro, who we don't know at first, but we do come to find is a little bit pushy. And uh, she really sells Quillerin on this, um, this house. It, it's weird, too, because he's basically like a billionaire and he's still coming up against the problem that like we find, which is like he wants a rental, but no place takes cats. And I yeah. was like, for a billionaire I assume that problem goes away but who knows Apparently not a billionaire <laughs> it's never gone away for me <laughs> that's true um so yeah so he, they she finally sells him on this house um that's basically not a house it's basically an old bed and breakfast um that has like six rooms and like um yeah just like all this different space and he's like no I want something small and she's I like well cabin in the woods one bedroom completely secluded and she's yeah. like mm, this is it yeah she's like here's the only thing um so he sets out and he there's like oh man so much of a montage of <laughs> him driving I actually was thinking of you the whole time we get <laughs> him driving with the cats because he drives for like literally four days I think for like he leaves on Tuesday he doesn't get there until Friday I think yeah it's a long drive a unnecessarily long drive in my opinion well yeah it's the cat who lived high all over again yeah <laughs> well that drive was two days this drive was more no no I know but it's like I would say the percentage of driving to distance. Oh, was yeah. Still probably he's like, I can't drive more than like two hours a day. Yeah. So basically like every time Quillerin and the cats, so the cats are in the back. He only lets them out. He only drives like a couple hours a day, basically. And then they stay at a hotel and we get like all of these crazy antics. Like he'll stop at diners because we know Quillerin, you know, well, granted, he's also on a road trip, but learns very partial to like local restaurants and he'll stop and he'll like crack the windows a little bit and uh, actually one of my favorite little antics that we get is that um, so he's cracked the windows he's gone in he ate really fast came back out within 15 minutes he said and then um, he comes out and the whole like he actually as he's leaving everyone in the building in the restaurant is leaving too and he walks out thinking like I forget what it said he thought. He thought that there was, like, something big to see that was happening, like a car crash or something. But instead, he comes out, and Coco is, like, full body standing on the horn of his car. And Yum Yum's doing something in the back, and they're just being very, like, animated and, you know, ridiculous. Um, and, you know, things like that happen throughout. That was actually two different times. Oh, was it? Yeah, so the first time he comes out, 
um, is because, well, he comes out because he's done and he's looking around and he's like, oh my God, someone's horn is going off. Like how obnoxious. And then he comes out and it's Coco. Oh yeah. <laughs> standing on his horn. But that one was actually because, I don't know if you caught it, but as he's driving along, he like feels something by his foot and he looks down and it's part of a coat hanger. Yes. That was my favorite part. And he was party. like, oh my God, like maybe there is actually a car thief here and Coco was doing me a service by blaring that horn and being my car alarm because yeah it's the 80s and there are no car alarms I don't know yeah I don't know when car alarms became a thing but yeah that part was my favorite because it was again like I mean obviously the cat sleuthing and crime solving that we love but also it's like that thing again of like Quillerin is just such a curmudgeon immediately that he's like oh grumble grumble like it's so embarrassing and my cat's so ridiculous I'm like dude you have a crime-solving cat, maybe give him the benefit of the doubt if he's doing something crazy. And then later he does kind of say in his little inner monologue of like, yeah, maybe I, sorry, old boy, like I should have given you the benefit of the doubt. Thanks, Coco. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but then there was totally a second time where people, like some guy came in and like yelled something and everyone's like, really? And like goes <laughs> out to see and it's just his cats in the car doing like acrobatics. That's right. I do remember that. I clearly remember them as the same instance. Uh, <laughs> yes. But yeah, then there's like, we get a couple snapshots of, um, he's also audio recording the whole time. So he like is keeping like an audio diary. And so every time he stops, we get another transcription of what the audio of the day has been. Um, and so we get a couple of different recordings of like, the cats have like stolen his bed and he like no longer wants to sleep in the same room as them. So they, he like gets two separate rooms and, like, the cats stay in one room and he stays in another room. And, well, like... that was because um, in the first hotel room when he stayed with them together, there was some, like, scrambling in the middle of the night. And he was like, oh, those damn cats. Like, bar. And he woke up to a dead mouse in his bed. Oh, my God. That's right. I forgot. I That I meant to mention. It made me think of you, too, because of the number of dead animals that you have received from your cats. I have received many dead animals and have <laughs> slept with many dead animals in my bed unknowingly. That is horrifying. <laughs> I've also slept with a live animal in my bed unknowingly. Oh no, what was that? Um, in high school, Herbert gave me a mole. Oh my god, Herbert! He likes yeah. me. That makes me sad. <laughs> oh, this took a gross tangent, and yeah. it's mostly it my fault gross yeah no it's fine well we can change I, it we should definitely share the blame because it's partially your cat too <laughs> yeah i'm like talking about like cats gross killers <laughs> um okay so where were we um blah blah oh the the cat kills yes the cat kills in quillerin's bed so yeah then they have separate beds yeah um the rest of the he like tricks them into it too which he does hilarious <laughs> He, like, gets two hotel rooms and, like, starts off in one room and waits until, you know, like, they have, like, a nice little night of, like, reading and watching TV <laughs> together. And then he, like, turns off the light and just, like, slowly backs away into yeah. his other room. We get, like, so much good Quiller and, and cat interaction in this. Like, and we even forgot to mention, too, that, like, as he's leaving Moose County, he does the thing that you literally did when you left the house the other day. Which was that, like, he had got everything into the car, (laughs) and then the cats obviously knew, like, as their, like, you know, litter box went, and as their, you know, food bowls went, and then they're watching their owner pack up, and they're like, bye. (laughs) Yeah, so they disappear. 
and Quillerin has to like apparently Coco is like fine and like a little easier to catch he's like behind the book bookshelf on a bookshelf behind the books and uh so he gets him pretty easily but then yum yum apparently is like 40 feet up on the middle of a pole just like hunkered down which he makes good decision you gotta just pull out the cat treats yeah at that point yeah I mean, my cats don't respond to that because they're jerks, but it seems like he has trained Coco and Yum Yum to respond very well to the word treat. Well, because your cats are look at that and they're like, uh, sorry, no, bye. I could catch like a thousand things outside yeah. right now. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's true. Coco and Yum Yum, I'm pretty, pretty strongly dependent on Quillerin's provisions. Yeah, because my cats love a cat treat. Mm-mm. I'm not sure they really know the word, but they definitely know the rattle of the, the oh, bottle. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Um, so, yeah, so they do finally arrive in Spudsboro. But once we do, we don't even get to the actual, um, what is it, Tip Top? Tip Top is the bed and breakfast that he's staying in. Yeah. We don't even get there until, like, we, we read the first four chapters. Mm-hmm. We don't even get there until, like, chapter three yeah a lot happens when he first gets there he doesn't definitely doesn't make it straight to his new house no and i'm assuming a lot of these are like possible clues moving forward because he you know runs all over the mountain and like gets lost but sees a lot of other places like little potato mountain little tater and meets um the eventual handyman of the uh the tip top uh, meets i believe his wife or daughter someone i guess they don't really specify sister we don't know it's kind of it seems a little like i mean they call them mountain people which i'm not sure is that an offensive term i feel like it's an offensive term it's not yeah it definitely sounded i am not sure that you can say that term without it sounding really derogatory so <laughs> i actually don't know off the top of my head but i i would think it, it made me uncomfortable <laughs> I would assume it is but it like it definitely paints the picture of like the people living on Lil Tater being like a little rednecky and kind of like backwoods lifestyle so like I would assume from my viewpoint of that lifestyle that it's probably like a multi-generational household yeah well yeah because they even say that um a lot of the the people that live on little potato mountain um you know got much better deals on the land because of like what you know the the way that the economy was set up and the deals that were happening you know back in like i I don't remember exactly what time frame or if they gave one but Mm -hmm. um you know a lot earlier back in the day back in the day yes yes um definitely earlier than a lot of the other people who are coming in it doesn't sound like there's much of a middle class here actually because it's like those those people who seem to live in like they basically describe it as like squalor almost and then like the people who live on the the big potato mountain which is like definite rich people like them talking about like putting in helipads and like (laughs) crazy shit and like swimming pools on a mountain which i'm like that's a terrible idea but well maybe not i've been in many a hot tub on a mountain which is great but i mean a hot tub's one thing but like a swimming pool is supposed to be bigger than that <laughs> that's true that's true you're supposed to like dig those into the ground pretty well so there's no like landsliding with a pool i mean maybe the end of this book is that the, it, the there's a massive landslide and all the pools come crashing down yeah that's what i'm guessing <laughs> 
You heard it here first. That's our guess. The pools did it. The pools did it. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> oh my god. So yeah, so Quillerin shows up in Spudsville, and he has to go to the uh, the real estate agent first. So he meets mm-hmm. Dolly Lesmore and her husband Robert or Roger, who Bob Bob Bobbert. <laughs> Who is like a little bit of a douchebag. We only get like a couple lines from him because he's running out to golf. But it's also like, it's midday and this is your job. I guess that's <laughs> the trope of it. But um, so he doesn't even care about Quillerin and his mustache, which obviously draws such attention otherwise. It's true. So Quillerin gets the keys and some directions and an offer to drive him up the mountain from Dolly. Which he oh. should have taken. He 100% should have taken that. And he should have noticed too. That when he said, no, I'll drive myself, she said, really? And that's the point where I would have been like, oh, tell Just me kidding. everything you know. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, to be fair, when she gave directions, it did sound not that hard. Yeah, fair. And if he had gone her, with her directions, it probably would not have been that hard. But he did not go with her directions. He stopped along the way to pick up, like, lobster tails very true he stopped to pick up lobster tails for the cats and ice cream for him (laughs) (laughs) yeah both of which melted in his car in the hour (laughs) yeah because it took him like hours and hours to find the place because he took the directions of the the kind and a little bit too healthy uh cashier slash manager of the grocery store yeah, that was a really weird judgment. I know. It's like, like, some people can be too healthy. I bet he coaches. Yeah, he was like, he looks too healthy. I was like, you can say he looks too muscly. Like, that's something I would buy. But someone who looks just too healthy? I don't know that healthy. I... I think his his point was like, this person looks like they shop at a health food store. Oh, okay. that That's fair. I can definitely see that, sure. Yeah. Like, he probably goes running in the mountains which i personally am a little bit judgmental of also (laughs) oh sure i mean when i lived in the mountains i always say it's embarrassing but i truly live next to like a really good quality ski resort and i truly only went like probably twice while i was there in for the two years that i lived there and then i also would always super judgmentally watch the people who are biking up the mountain pass from denver up to winter park Mm -hmm. where i used to live (laughs) And I always was like, oh, my God, you look so miserable. Why are you doing this to yourself? Even though I'm like, you clearly chose this for yourself. <laughs> yeah, even though they're like probably having a good time and feel like really accomplished when they get yeah, to the top. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm the asshole Meanwhile, who's like, what are you doing with yeah. your life? <laughs> Meanwhile, I drive everywhere with like a bag of open Cheetos in my car. <laughs> oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, I like dig the popcorn out of the like cup holder that fell the day before. And I'm like, that's still good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh god one of these days i did say that my resolution was to join a gym don't hold me to it but <laughs> <laughs> i was just gonna say you did say that and you did say that publicly on a podcast <laughs> um i would i would never hold you to that i just want you to know that <laughs> Okay, great. Yeah, because my other resolution is going really well, too. I decided to try to get internet today, and I realized that I don't have one of those cable plugs. 
okay here's the thing i will fucking hold you to getting internet (laughs) (laughs) i don't have a cable plug though (laughs) okay you could say that but you could also go to target and get yourself one (laughs) no i mean like in the wall there's not one installed like there's no plug to there's there's no no, like outlet for that there's no like you know like the circle that you like screw the cable cord into yeah i don't have one in my apartment i don't believe that I <laughs> I don't see this is this is one of the issues that I probably should have asked beforehand but they did it's like a split apartment it was like it used to be one and now it's two so I feel like oh. they just cut the cable out of the second apartment and I got the shitty apartment with no cable um I don't know that that's even possible these days like I don't know that they could I mean, that would be really shady of them if, like, you couldn't ever get internet in your apartment because of that. Give up on the gym. Don't give up on the internet. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm already, like, I don't... Yeah. I don't believe it when I see it. It's like I'm about to fly out there and, like, look for these plugs myself. (laughs) I mean, you're welcome to fly out here and look for my cable jack. (laughs) (laughs) So, where were we? Um, The grocery store? Yes, Bill. Bill from the grocery store looks too healthy, gives Quillerin directions that I'm sure are fine, but Quillerin is very blamey on him for his, like, hours-long derail. And then he finally, he, like, drives through a low-hanging cloud, the cats yell a lot, and then he finally gets to um, uh, the house that ends up being his uh, handy bands, we find out in the next chapter. And, um, this woman, like, without ado at all, just kind of gruffly is like, follow me. You're going where? Follow me. And, like, gets in her car and drives him back out to the beginning of Hawk's Nest Road, which is what he had missed in the first place. Because he has ended up all the way out on Little Potato Mountain. Even though he meant <laughs> thanks, to be Bill. I know. Thanks a lot, Bill. Um, so he does eventually, from there, get to Tip Top Bed and Breakfast, or in, I guess, Tip Top Inn. Um, where at one point it was a rollicking good time, but now it is uh, very defunct and Quillerin thinks that it's been robbed and <laughs> tells many people that, but it has actually just uh, been that. the So J.J. Hawkinsfield, the name that I still can't get over, it's very funny. Uh, his wife, I think, came in and grabbed everything because it all reminded her of her mother and she didn't want strangers like around her mother's stuff i guess yeah she also was renting this place as furnished and it doesn't even have like stools right yeah quiller has to go out and buy an ottoman because he's a fancy bitch (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean if it's gonna have a chair you gotta have somewhere to put your feet that's true especially if you're reading the cats which he does very lengthily for the first night um so, yeah, I don't think there's anything notable that first night, right? But that we do get, like, a couple scenes of him. Uh, there around. was something notable that <gasps> first night. What? What? So, when he goes up there, he does, you know, the description of it is it's, like, very drab. And, you know, everything's painted gray. And it's, like, gloomy. And there's no sunshine. And um, that is, I think, one of his, his biggest complaints when he calls Dolly 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 and he's like it's terrible there's lace everywhere and it's gray and no sun and she's like well you'll get used to it bye (laughs) yeah she like really does not listen to him she's like "Mm, 
didn't I have an explanation for everything oh really I had no idea that you wouldn't like that yeah (laughs) um but then I feel like there was something else before this happened but he he like looks out the window the first night and sees like a circle of light oh yes <gasps> that's just kind of like moving around and he gets his binoculars out because he carries binoculars with him yep because he's a fuddy-duddy yeah and he apparently hates bird watching but keeps polly's bird watching gifts <laughs> oh yeah good callback yeah um so yeah he he pulls out his binoculars and takes a gander and is like yup it's definitely moving but like can't really make out what it is and there was something else because he asks the next day when he goes and visits the newspaper he asks that guy about it but he asks him something else too and i can't remember what it was oh yeah right he asked him about the light and oh was that Junie again? Junie again. Oh, he's but... still hacking away. Oh no, buddy. But but he's also kind of like bouncing around and playing, so oh. he's not like that sad. That's good. Yeah. I don't know. I think you know, it might just be like maybe he swallowed like a piece of f- like jagged food and maybe his throat scratched. Mm. Like, could that be it? Can you get out of my bag? (laughs) Please? Oh my gosh, he's in my reusable bag that says, one cat shy of crazy. (laughs) He just really wanted to prove that, right? (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. Uh, Oh my gosh, he's like, he like flipped it upside down onto himself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, my cats are about to go crazy too. Shadow's like in my lap, like licking my hand to get all of the pupusa juice off of it and franklin is doing his like oh he's about to jump up on the tv i just know it oh no hey stop hey no oh who franklin. was that chuny franklin do you want to come meet chuny who's that chun buddy okay um yeah, I forget what the second thing was, because I think the light was, like, the second thing. Like, it wasn't the first thing that he was out to ask about. Yeah. What was the first thing? Oh, let me grab, let me just grab my book. Oh, yeah. See if I can flip through to it. Um, um, oh, he just asks about the, his predecessor. Press. oh and the oh the pickets he asks about the pickets oh yeah because when he drives into town people are picketing town square yeah. right and then because that morning so he does wake up so we do get so he does end up asking about that too so mm-hmm. yeah there are a couple of things that happened that night um as he's driving in and like losing his way and whatever um and then the next morning he well i guess in the middle of the night slash kind of early he thinks that he can trick the cats and he um puts all the blinds down they i guess have like uh the light canceling blinds that he pulls down in the cat's room and in his room he's like "Hmm, hmm, hmm, we're all gonna sleep in i've tricked them and then (laughs) uh they he turns out he has not tricked them because he wakes up to hear gunshots which actually turn out to be yum yum having learned how to pull the blinds up just like stick her little paw in it and like hit them so that they retract and slap 
which is really funny. So um, that happens. So he gets up and he starts his morning. He does. He, he I guess he talks to the to the um, builder or to the handyman first and mm-hmm. then goes into town. Yeah. Because um, we're getting kind of close to where we finished it because him going into town that first morning is kind of yeah, basically that's where we left him. Yeah. So. Um, oh, Franklin. So, yes, we talked to the handyman. The handyman comes in and is, like, fixing a few last things. And it turns out that he's a great handyman. um, And he points out a few of the things that he's done. And it turns out that the previous night when Coco had had been, like, you know, sniffing a chair leg, that was a chair leg that the guy had fixed the, the previous day. And, like, another door or something like that, Coco had been, like, on it enough to be, like, ooh, these are new or, like, I'm so smart. Ooh, ooh. can I, before we go on, can I yeah. point out another thing that Coco was interested in? Yeah, ooh, yeah, yeah, definitely, because I'm sure I've forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> so, haha, I just, I found this so amusing. You're so, so proud of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I thought this was so funny. Um so when Quillern came in, he thought the house was robbed because there was, like, nothing. Like, there are plant stands with no plants and, like, oh, right. pillars with no statues on them. And, like, everything was kind of gone. And, you know, there were nails in the wall with, like, the kind of, like, faded spots where pictures used to be. But there was one painting that was left. Oh, yeah. Of mountains. And Coco took a, a special interest in that painting and started rubbing his his face on it, yeah. and it like sh- like shifted a little bit. Oh, you're and, so right. And Quillerin's line was, "Oh, Coco, let's not go moving mountains." Oh, ah. yes. Which is the name of the Which book? Is the name of the book? Ah. What? Oh yeah. Gosh. So that I mean, I just I, I get a little kick out of movies and books that like quote their title <laughs> no I 100% do too I definitely had that moment too I'm glad you brought that up because I'd forgotten but it also because the way you brought it up made me think that that could be a clue later that he yeah that like there's is something... there a safe behind it maybe you should check yeah or even is there any like clue on the picture of the mountain that you need to be looking at or yeah maybe um... there's like an inscription on the back that you could like someone's like maybe like yeah. a blood stain or someone's confession <gasps> or if it's <laughs> like in the cat you lived high <laughs> yeah true or if there's it's like the frame that he's rubbing his face against like do you have to like break the frame and something's inside the frame or whoa a lot of possibilities here maybe it's the declaration of independence <laughs> maybe quiller and his nicholas cage actually i would watch the <laughs> shit out of this if nicholas cage played quiller <laughs> I mean, that's not how I imagine Quillerin, but it could no. be. No. Oh, me neither. I just would love to watch him try to play Quillerin. <laughs> <laughs> just add a mustache of like 30 pounds. Oh yeah. my God, stop it. I want that so bad. <laughs> <laughs> Dear Nicolas Cage. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I wonder if he lives in Los Angeles. I will send a little letter to his house yeah. in a very stalkerish fashion. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. World, I will not stalk Nicolas Cage to tell him to play Quillerin. <laughs> But, maybe. but but can you please though i want it yeah um yes oh my gosh okay i'm so hashtag not sponsored by nicholas cage <laughs> would you believe it this podcast is not sponsored by nicholas cage nor anyone who wants to make that movie that i'm talking about <laughs> oh my god someday these books will be made into a movie and we'll just have the last laugh then yeah. won't we yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah we got to them 
probably like not definitely not first but like <laughs> media wise we got to them pretty early we got to them medium medium amount <laughs> yeah 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 um Oh man. Okay, so Quiller and also so we have the talk with the the handyman shows up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then aside from telling Quiller what he has fixed, finishing a door, Quiller asks him cuz Quiller also has discovered that none of the windows have curtains. Oh, yeah. And move immediately. I know, which is a travesty. So, but apparently it's because there are no bugs there, so it's like actually we should all move there immediately. But right. also, uh-huh. he has a good reason for it cuz he you know, basically is saying, like, while well, the cats love, uh, like, breathing the outdoor air, but there are no screens. And of course, he doesn't tell the handyman that, but he tells the handyman that he wants him to build a gazebo. And the handyman's like, oh, you rich. Actually, this was a really funny part, because Quillerin um, had just been talking to the handyman, and the handyman's telling, actually, we get from the handyman, he's the one who says, um, I think that little potato is called Lil Tater, and that's where he lives and we get the whole backstory that you know that was actually his house that that Quillerin stopped at the night before and Quillerin uh, recognizes his truck that's true we don't really get a story from the handyman because he just is like one word answer one word, word answer. <laughs> like um but then uh oh shoot oh no why did I bring this up uh well he can the we do get like a little bit from the handyman because he's like complaining about how people are like mm. ruining he's like oh little tater's so great yes the real mountain over there this one's been like chopped up because people are like building shit on it and then quillerin's like oh yeah can you build me some shit yes okay that's exactly what i was getting to because he's like oh you know all the real people live on little potato like only the rich like ridiculous people live on big potato and quillerin's like yeah yeah i hear you i think he literally says like i hear you yeah. and then the next literally the next sentence yes. is Hey, can you build me a gazebo? He's Instead like, of, hey, can you install some screens? Yes! Right! Yes! Oh my god, 100%. <laughs> like, like, can hello? you build another, like, thing on not my property? <laughs> <laughs> Which also... Instead of just, like, getting, like, a screen or two in the key windows that he thinks his cats are gonna sit in. 100% agree. Like, he goes to the real estate agent the next day, who's not even there, but also to try to be like, Oh hey, I commissioned a gazebo for this rental property <laughs> that, that I'm only going to be here for three months. Is that cool? Yeah, a screened-in gazebo, so not even like a useful one that people are going to like. <laughs> no, because oh my god, yeah, it is. It's pretty absurd, but great. Um, yeah, but we did get like a little story about how um, how some of the rich people are ruining the. And actually, this this might have even been in the next conversation that he has with what's his name from the newspaper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, where they're talking about the picketers because the town is being picketed by like a couple of different groups. It sounds like it's being yeah. picketed by like the I don't not what's another word for mountain people. <laughs> <laughs> The, the like long-term residents of Little Tater. Yeah, the like um, the I people guess. who have yeah, like the the older generation. I would yeah. assume who have like been there for you know like you know their entire family's existence. Yeah. Um, and then like the a new group of what sounds like art like artists is that who they are? They're like, well, I think the artists are like a third group because. Oh. 
the th- they they are on little potato and i think they are also kind of poor but i didn't get the sense that they had been there for as long as the people who live on little potato like no it sounded like they were just kind of like a group of hippies that were trying to like live in yes. the mountains and uh-huh. be like artists and like granola and just kind yeah. of like free spirity type people who are also not wanting the mountain to be destroyed but like wanted to move there and yeah. live there agree yeah as, as non-natives yes i think that's 100 percent true yeah yes so they i mean there are a, a number of different people picketing for a number of different reasons but so Quillerin heard a a radio show that was talking about the road and why people were upset about the road, the paved one that he didn't drive up and then did drive up to his his new his new place. Um, oh, I didn't think that was a radio show. Wasn't that the those um, people who were talking at the diner the next morning? Oh, were they at the diner? For some reason, I thought he was hearing it on the radio in the diner. Well, oh, no, I think it was because the guy Maybe gets he was up. just overhearing them. I think he was just overhearing them. But he does mm-hmm. later say to the newspaper guy that he needs to go get a radio so that he can listen to the radio. Oh, all right. Well, anyway, a conversation that happens in the diner. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that yeah. They're talking about how J.J. Hawkenfield. Yeah. Hawkenfield. Um like took a a public road, paved it, and then made it private. So people were upset because they can't get to their like favorite spots that they used to go like picnic on or like go to the waterfall that was dammed and turned into a lake, which is another thing that people are upset about. Um, so it sounds like there are a couple of a number of things happening that people are kind of miffed about their their wonderful mountain being changed in ways that they don't want it to be. Yeah, and meanwhile we've been hearing bits and pieces about JJ Hawkenfield in kind of a really in a way that I was like do I just not remember people like any other bigger amount of conversation about him am I just like forgetting but I think it's truly just that it's like it was purposefully mysterious because we that is sort of leading up to the cliffhanger we get uh, which we'll get to in just a minute but yeah so Quillern goes into town the next morning and he right he's at the diner and he over uh, yeah over here is either on the radio or real people talking about um sort of the controversies of the town and jj hawkenfield's name comes up and yeah again it was like i kept hearing the name being like yeah do i know you how do i know you do i know you just from the blurb on the back of the book <laughs> yeah. um but uh so then after that so Quillerin so we yeah kind of get a little bit of that and then Quillerin um sort of storms into um the local newspaper office which um apparently there has been a meeting set up there for him uh, and he finally meets someone who's read his book oh uh, city of brotherly crime thank god <laughs> Maybe someone who might even book. have a copy i know i was gonna say oh my god so yeah this guy's like really effusive and is like oh you're the greatest i read your stuff and okay also can we talk about how they call journalism school j school i don't know if that's a thing but it does not sound like a real thing no Just i don't fair. want that to be a real thing <laughs> fair but yeah so this guy's really forthcoming with a lot of things like they talk a lot about um just uh you know Quillerin's plans the newspaper how the, he this guy um oh no I should look up his name what's his name 
Uh, yeah, I read the guy's name and I was like, no, there's not a chance in in any part of the world that I would remember that. Also, I just looked it up. I think I fucked up at the beginning. His name is Carmichael, which means that that initial guy at, in Moose County is not Carmichael. And I totally oh, forget. No, <laughs> I fucked it up. <laughs> we got it wrong, guys. No, it's all <laughs> my fault. And you didn't catch me on it. <laughs> Did you think I would? No. <laughs> I'm just Moira? saying. Moira? Moira? Is the woman, the wife who, Moira and Kip? Oh. The, the couple. Yes. Who. McDermott. Um, suggested Big Potato Mountain. Yep. Nope. You're totally right. That's the McDermott's from the Cat Who Knew a Cardinal. I don't know why it just came to me now. Probably because you literally just said their names. <laughs> Moira and Kip. That's not how. I mean, yeah, maybe. Mac. D- yeah, sure. Mac dear Mac Germans. I mean, it's really a Hermione Hermione situation. Yeah, there. it's like there's like a, a lot of letters in this name. Yeah. I'm just going to. Yeah, that one's fine. <laughs> oh, great, great. I mean, we may not have to say it again for a while because. Yeah, great. That would be great. We'll just call them Moira and Kip. Yep. Moira and Kip. Great. Um, well, I fucked up. That is not Carmichael. This is Carmichael. <laughs> this is Carmichael. Different Maybe. newspaper editor. Sorry, everyone. That was my bad. Um, so yeah, Carmichael is the uh, editor of the Spudsboro newspaper. And so he kind of um, takes Quillerin, I guess, a little bit under his wing, even though Quillerin's like, I'm taking you out to lunch. And Carmichael's like, no, I'm taking you out to lunch. So <laughs> they do go to the golf course and they have a fancy lunch even though Quillerin definitely makes fun of golfers which and hates what he orders yeah and he's exactly yeah there's a lot of other like little funny Quillerin quirks in this also um they also the other notable thing that happens in that because I don't know if there's a ton going on in the conversation just kind of like a little bit of back and forth nothing really interesting quite yet um that I remember but there is a woman who starts eyeing Quillerin's mustache and mm-hmm. my initial thought was, oh, here we go. This is another one of the women that Quillerin like lustily breathes after. Gross. But Uh-oh. I don't think so because he no. already comments on, he like immediately comments on the number of like plastic surgeries that he thinks she has. That's true. That is true. And it also is really quickly revealed that it's this woman who writes um, a very sort of salacious gossipy column for for Carmichael and um they actually have a little gossipy conversation themselves Quillerin and um Carmichael about this woman um oh shoot what is her name why are we having why are there so oh because everyone's new that's why (laughs) everyone's new it's something like Viola you know it's very similar to one of my favorite authors is um diana win jones and it's like something kind of like that like it's three names i think yeah that sounds right uh oh oh here it is vonda dudley wicks Ooh, i got the first letter right (laughs) you did and her (laughs) column is called potato peelings which is also delightful it is really delightful um and so she's there like eyeing quillerin and it's very clear that like she's gonna make a beeline for him um, to try to interview him and to try to like guess why he's there you know billionaire from moose county blah 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 
I think that's kind of it leading up to the big cliffhanger that we get. <gasps> no, else? it's not. No, oh my god, I knew it. I always do that. <laughs> you always know and I don't. <laughs> what is it? Well, what is it? <laughs> we get so we get like a little teeny tiny bit of backstory just into uh what's his name's sons like the previous owner of the house and kind of like how he like meant for it to be a house for like him and his family and now he's trying to like share the mountain with everyone else and so he's like splitting up these properties Mm -hmm. um and building more houses on potato mountain which i think we actually learned before but uh talks a little bit more about how it just like didn't work out as his family's summer home and so now he's trying to make it like everyone's full-time home oh, question mark but anyway we also so Quillern also asks about the circle of light that he saw. oh I can't believe I forgot this part this part is so good which is the greatest and I'm so excited about it and hope that it's like an actual thing yes oh my god me too but yeah Carmichael's like oh yeah like people have seen those before we think it's witches yes <laughs> like hello and Quillerin's you know asks the obvious question like well have you looked into it reporter yeah right yeah (laughs) have you written a story on this and Carmichael's like oh no like these people are gonna be too hard to reach but like if you want to look into it go for it like I'll take your story yeah he's like I'll buy that story from you hello do you live here (laughs) yeah yeah exactly Oh my god, I fucking hope it's witches. They made some jokes, though, that I was like, oh, I feel like it's going to have a logical explanation. Yeah, well, really annoying in, air quotes. Yeah, I'm sure it's going to have a logical explanation. But <laughs> Quillerin did say that he thinks that he met one of the witches, the woman who drove him to his house when he got lost. He yeah. makes a comment about thinking that she might have been one of the witches, which I'm not sure where he's getting that from. Maybe that she's just a nice old lady that helped him yeah but a she wasn't very nice and i think that was part of it is that she was nice enough to drive him miles out of the way to his house it's true she was but part of me thinks she was just doing that so that he would gtfo her side of the mountain because he was just a yeah and b i think that was a little bit just of quiller in like his little like you know latently sexism sexist jokes happening because i think mm-hmm. that was maybe just him just, being him like, just she's Argh. bitch yeah yeah like he she's like unkempt her hair was crazy like she's definitely a witch that's what i kind of took it as but i could be wrong i hope i'm wrong because i hope there are fucking witches in this yeah duh that'd be great oh my god lily and jackson brown give us some witches coming we want up real witches Ugh. like your ghost cop out <laughs> Although, maybe, maybe, if we don't get witches in this, maybe we'll get witches in the short stories, because we have gotten, spoiler alert, real ghosts in the it's short stories. true. Spoiler alert, we have real ghosts in the next short story. Yeah. So then is that the last thing before the big cliffhanger? Yes, that is the last thing before the big reveal. <gasps> okay, so then the big reveal, the last thing we get is that um, in the same way that I feel like this has happened in other books too, um, someone just casually mentions that there's been a murder. A murder. A murder. So Carmichael is driving Quillerin back from the golf course to his car 
where Quillerin is planning on buying some, uh, I guess it's like in the middle of downtown. They're going to like, he's going to buy some, an ottoman and um, something else. Oh, the radio. He's going to buy the radio. And as he's like getting out of the car, about to leave, um, they're again talking about J.J. Hockenfield. And uh, Quillerin just kind of casually says, oh, so yeah, by the way, like what happened to him? Is he still around or has, has he died? Like no one really talks about him in one way or another but he seems to not be living here anymore and Carmichael says oh uh you haven't heard um well he's dead by murder 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 so just to be clear because I'm all of a sudden realizing that I don't think I'm clear on this Mm -mm. um we're talking so there is a father son we're talking the father who got murdered oh uh okay or, I, then i'm very not clear on that either or the son that got murdered because so i feel like there was a the son like inherited it, the property from his father and we knew the father was dead but now we're finding out he's murdered or this couple with their children who are trying to make a summer home out of this is now no no longer a couple because the husband is murdered i took it as that i took it as yeah the jj hockenfield was the son who had tried to take over tried to like bring in a bunch of tourism basically of just rich people and had kind of failed and that other people were picking up the slack and that he at some point indeterminately had caused this controversy and then been murdered But you're right. All of it's written so mysteriously that we don't really get that. Like, this is the most information we've gotten about J.J. Hockenfield so far. So I'm Well, well Quillerin seemed to know that he was dead already because oh. Quillerin asked, um, how old was he when he died? And the oh. guy was like, oh, in his 50s. Like, not that old. And that's oh, when right. he was like, oh, what happened? Oh, he was murdered. Hmm. hmm. In his own home, he was pushed off the mountain. Yeah, that's the big surprise. And that I'm assuming that home is potentially the inn where Quillerin is staying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Do you think that maybe Coco knows somehow, like, that picture of the mountain? Do you think somehow maybe Coco has knows where that happened and is, like, nudging him to show the, the part of the mountain where he was pushed off? I mean, maybe we know that cats are supernatural creatures, so maybe he's talking to what's-his-name's ghost, and it's (gasps) like, I have this solved, guys. Because the other thing that we find out at the very end is that the murderer is already in prison. Yeah, right. Which now we kind of, because then also kind of casually Carmichael's like, oh yeah, but a bunch of people think he didn't do it. But I guess that's just par for the course, and it's like, oh my god, no, if people think he didn't do it, maybe you should look into that. Maybe you should figure out who did. Yeah. So yeah, that that was a yeah. That, oh my god, how did I forget that? That was a sad part. So I was like, oh my god, there's like a wrongful conviction coming up here. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, so that brings us up to the end of what we read, chapter five. <laughs> um, okay, so according to the back, I think you're right. I think it's the the husband, the the father probably did die like a while ago of natural causes and left all the property to J.J. Hockenfield, who was then murdered. Yeah, I think that makes a little bit more sense just because 
it it's this guy that's like causing all the controversy controversy mm-hmm. so it would make sense that it's that guy then that gets murdered yeah you know for sure might be red herring that it's like someone in the other camp politically maybe it's someone closer yeah i mean the back says he was pushed off a cliff by an angry mountain dweller so oh someone from little tater was wrongly convicted in my opinion my my guessings that is what that is exactly what's happening no i'm right there with you that's probably exactly what's happening oof so there we go there we go we are one five one quarter of the way through no one read ahead and spoil it for us (laughs) don't tell us what happens (laughs) also it's funny that that fourth took us the same amount of time as usual (laughs) (laughs) i mean we just would have like skipped a lot of details if we had gone all the way through the book or up to the half point oh my god imagine all of the cats in hotel rooms with dead mice moments you would have missed otherwise it's true i mean we also took a lot of breaks for internet searching that's true and And for my pupusa and cat coughing yeah that's true i'm I'm assuming i'll be able to edit some of that out (laughs) (laughs) yeah hopefully he wasn't coughing through the entire beginning but i think there might be a couple in there that (laughs) might have to make it unfortunately i'm promised he's fine guys oh yeah i hope he's okay I mean, he's, yeah, he's so confusing because he's, like, running around and playing and, like, all excited. And then he'll jump up and, like, kind of do that, like, sad, like, hun- like hunker, you know? And kind yeah. of, like, cuddle up next to my leg and I'll see the, like, white part of his, like, eyelid closing. Aww. And I'm like, whoa, you look so sad and sick. And then he'll, like, jump up and run off and be fine again. Oh, buddy. So I don't, I don't yeah, I don't know. I'm just going to keep an eye on him. Because he did come back and eat. Like, he licked both of his and Mushu's plates clean. <laughs> like, he came back for the crumbs. Yeah, I would say he's okay then. Cause... So, I think he's, I mean, he's eating, he's drinking. So, I think, like, even if he is a little nauseous still, like, he's mostly fine. Yeah, it sounds like that might be the kind of thing that, you know, sort of lessens over the next couple of days and hopefully. So, yeah. I mean, he's at least not in a dire situation right now, but yeah, I'll yeah. watch him. And like, if it gets any worse, I'll take him to the vet. Oh, buddy. Yeah, no. I... Yeah, hopefully it's just one of those things that clears up. Yeah, for sure. Oh, poor Junie. Poor Junie. Oh, guy. I mean, I'm not above taking a sick day for my cat, so. <laughs> <laughs> As none of us are. <laughs> I mean, works can't question that, right? Just call in and be like, <laughs> but I mean, they definitely wouldn't question it if you put his cough or his little vomit sound on. <laughs> I mean, doctor's appointments can count as vet appointments, right? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening, guys. That was the first fourth of The Cat Who Moved a Mountain. So we will have uh, part two so this is part one so we'll part have two of two four of four next week we'll bring you the spudsboro and potato mountains gossip uh yes. as opposed to the moose county gossip although i'm sure we'll still get some of that because we did get a little bit of quiller and deciding but deciding not to call polly or you know trying to call polly and then not so oh but he did like... actually call polly did he yeah he did oh oh my god that's 
they did talk. Why did I think they didn't talk? Oh my god. I'm... That's because he waited. He waited until like eleven o'clock to, because he's a cheapo and refuses to pay oh my god. normal rates. But he did actually call Polly. That's right, because he's a billionaire, but he still is like, phone calls shouldn't cost money. Yeah, because he did. So he did the thing that I think like. I think all of us at some point in our life do where we're just like, I want to get away. Like, I can't wait to be like free of this place and try something new. And then like you get there and it's all of a sudden like, I don't know anyone. <laughs> yeah. Right. Everything's too new. <laughs> Everything's too this. new. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is like exactly what he did when he got into Spud's borough and he was looking around and he was like, yeah, I wanted to get away from it all. But like, I'm glad there's like a grocery store and like a place where i can get my mustache trimmed and it's like okay your cabin in the woods would have been a disaster oh 100 percent. i mean he's basically describing glamping like yeah is a glamper i mean he basically wants like moose county but not moose county but like kind of moose county because he really misses polly (laughs) right which he's like 100 percent gonna get because this whole town is like exactly moose county just yeah mountains right exactly shaped like potatoes shaped like potatoes yeah (laughs) but he does talk to Polly because he does get there and he's like why am I here I'm so far away from everyone I know I need to call Polly they but, have a yeah, very they, formal they, conversation they they yeah they talk for a while I can't remember what they talk about oh this and that <laughs> this and that but yeah he does end up worrying about his phone bill so I think they talk for a while yeah that's right I think they do too which if we'll actually notice is more than the five minutes that they relegated for themselves the last time he was out of town. That's true. You mean the last time she was out of town having a great time? Oh, shit. That's right. I mean, that's maybe not when they were talking. I can't remember if they talked during that. But, yeah. Oh, All right. Well, we'll have both the Potato Mountain and the Moose County gossip, hopefully, next time. Um, so, yeah. Thanks for yeah. listening, guys. And for um, anyone reading along with us, I am... I have my finger in my book right now, and it looks like halfway is through chapter eight up to chapter nine. Oh, great. Okay, so up to chapter nine. So through chapter eight up to chapter nine, if you guys want to read along, that's where we're going to be stopping for next time. And this is the most uh, ahead of things we've been, because usually we're just like texting last minute of like, oh my God, what chapter do we read up to? (laughs) We have to record tomorrow. Oh my God. (laughs) or this afternoon yep yep (laughs) power through oh man okay well thanks guys for listening yeah we'll be back next week um in the meantime you can find us on social media we're paranormal captivity pod on instagram and paranormal pod on twitter we are on patreon also and um we're paranormal captivity on patreon and um and yeah and again yeah people have been leaving us nice reviews on itunes which also really really helps um that's so sweet also so thank you guys um for everything and we'll We'll see see you you next week week. jinx double jinx you owe me a cat a cat JK, I have more than enough cats. (laughs) But we're always one shy of crazy. (laughs) Bringing it back. Bringing it back. Bringing it back. Bringing it back. (laughs) All right. All right. That's enough from us for today. (laughs) Okay, bye. Bye.